Welcome to Built to Go, a van life program. I'm your host, Jeff Wagg, coming to you from somewhere off the coast of Panama. This is a rather unusual episode because I'm still traveling, as I have been for the last few weeks, and I'm unable to edit and complete a normal episode. So we're going to do this experiment here where we're going to record live on the ship with all the sounds of ships and waves and coffee machines and people drinking and all that stuff. And we're going to talk about travel. But first, I have to introduce the people who are going to be joining this podcast with me. First, on my left, is Mario. Hello. Mario, where are you from? I am from the Netherlands, also known as Holland. Holland, yes. And across from me... Matt Johns. I am from the Metro Detroit area, another guy who owns a lot of equipment that looks an awful lot like Jeff's. Ah, this is true. We can talk about that later. Adi! Adi Chandu from uh, outside of Boston, Massachusetts. So I've gathered you here today because you are an interesting group of people in that not only are you with me as we're going up the coast of Panama, you have all traveled a lot for work and for pleasure. So roughly... Going around, starting with Mario, how many countries have you visited? Between 25 and 30 at least. Okay, that's pretty good. That's, uh, although, well, yeah, I need to count the countries in Europe as well, because that would be over 30. At over least. 30. All right. How about you? Um, I think with this trip now, we're somewhere in the 25 range. 25, pretty yeah, good. I do mostly domestic travel. So, And how many states have you been to? 46 at this point. Ooh, well, we'll work on those other four. Working on it. Do you want to? <laughs> yeah. Plan what, to get to them. And what are the four you're missing? Uh, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, and Hawaii. That makes a lot of sense. Kansas? Kansas. Wow. Never been to Kansas. Wow. And I understand. It's okay. Adi, what do you think? I think ballpark 35 countries. Wow. And roughly the same for states. Okay. So now the question is. And we, we have to answer this for ourselves here because we have just been through the Panama Canal. What does it mean to have visited a place? If you have visited, how do you know if you visited a place? This is the big question. Well, it's difficult because if you're doing it for work, for instance, um, one time I went to Rome, actually, I've seen the airport, I've seen the inside of a car for a few hours, a factory, a car again, and the airport. So technically I visited, but is it actually a visit? Do you count it? I count it as having been in the country, but I haven't actually visited Rome, now. So you've been in the country, but you haven't visited? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's legit. What about you, Matt? You seem to have a very strict definition. Yeah, it is fairly strict. Mine is I had to do something other than travel. So airports don't count. Uh, highways alone don't count. I need to have done something. The minimum would be, for me, Utah, which was last year, where I drove across the border into Wyoming, not Utah, and had lunch at a Wendy's and then drove back into Utah again. So that counted. That counted. Having lunch that at Wendy's counts. Minimum. Well, there you have it. There's the gold standard, having lunch at Wendy's. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I haven't had Wendy's anywhere. Oh. That's, that's for sure. Um, I think I, I don't generally count airports. Uh, mm -hmm. Land travel, if it goes through the place, I'll generally count. Uh, and I'm still torn up. I'm like an hour. Okay, so the Panama Canal is an interesting case. So I guess I, I've been to, according to the Traveler Century Club criteria, which I have arbitrarily chosen, I've been to 75 countries. But if you had done the same travel I had, I don't think you would have been because 
the Traveler Century Club is the most generous organization I've ever seen for counting. For example, Alaska's a country. <laughs> so if you fly from Washington right. State to Alaska, that's two countries. Okay. Um, if you visit the airport, that counts. So I flew from L.A. to Sydney via Fiji. I stopped in Fiji. That counts. Even though Fiji's airport has no windows, I literally didn't even see Fiji. <laughs> I was there. Um, and, and my new criteria for deciding whether I've been to a place or not is, if you drop dead on that spot, what country would you be in? Huh. And I figure, if I dropped dead in the Fiji airport, I would have died in Fiji, right? Therefore, I must have been in Fiji. Would that be before you go through customs or after? <laughs> yes. yeah, well, there was no customs. I mean, there's, there's a movie about the guy who got stuck in the oh, international yeah. section of the uh, was Paris airport. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, so, well, and that's the legal definition of entering a country, right? Because if you're, let's say you're on a, let's say you're on a cruise and you're going from Miami to Nassau and back, did you go to another country? Well, you went to the Bahamas, but did you legally go there? Because you were in a closed loop tour, which makes you in the special status where you did not go there you visited there you didn't travel it's it's a it's a complicated thing like this trip we're doing now leaves from miami and ends in la so we are traveling from miami to la but should it go back to miami we have a different legal status anyway it's complicated so let's talk about the panama canal all of us have just transited the Panama Canal. We entered in the Atlantic side, which is near Cologne, and we came out on the Panama City side, which is the Pacific side. So we went from the Atlantic to the Pacific, which, believe it or not, is in a gen generally southeasterly direction. If you look at a map, it kind of makes sense, but it's not intuitive. But we did not get off the ship in Panama. So have we visited Panama? Adi, what do you think? Did we visit Panama? I think visit is maybe a slightly different question, and maybe we visited Panama, but I don't know that I would count it as a place I have truly been. So you haven't been to Panama. So if I came to you on the street, hey, have you been to Panama? I would really equivocate for a while. You might say, well, I went through the canal. More likely than Okay. Not. What about you, Well, by my own standard, no. Uh, but we were there for hours, but... We ate, but it was on the ship. And so there's no Wendy's on the ship. Came from there. <laughs> <laughs> there was basically no interaction with Panama. True, although we did wave at some people who were watching us, but yeah. What about you? I would say yes, because I've seen it with my own eyes up close now. But, well, there's no... And you just mentioned no Wendy's on the ship, but <laughs> the ship is not on our Panamanian flag, is it? So uh, No, no, this is, this is a Bahamian registered ship. Yeah, so yeah. technically we're on Bahamian ground, or no, no, because um, if you look, if you look on the ship, uh, as soon as it enters foreign waters, it flies the flag of that country to indicate that we understand we're under your jurisdiction. Uh, okay. So we did have a yeah. Panamanian flag flying from the top of the ship as we transited, but again, does that mean we've been there? I mean, let's 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 phrase this another way. What if we had sailed past Panama in Panamanian waters and not gotten off the ship? Would that change you, your criteria? Would that mean you had been there or not? No, that's not not close enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. No. Would that would that have changed it for anyone else? Like we're going to sail by we're going to sail by Costa Rica, but then after that we're going to sail by Guatemala. And 
we will be as close to parts of Guatemala as we were to some parts of Panama. I mean, obviously not as close in the canal. Well, in Cuba, we went right by Havana, but none of us are going to say we went to Cuba, right? I think the national waters level is a no. That's a pretty <laughs> firm no. In the, you can actually technically touch it if you have long enough arms and reach it. <laughs> right, well, some people that did. Be... There were people sticking their hands off the ship, touching Panama. As we had people doing that with a bag trying to reach over to <laughs> too far on deck five. All right, so... Most people think, all right, so in the room here, and I'm in a room with a whole bunch of people for those just listening to the podcast. Raise your hand if you now think you've been to Panama just based on this trip. Hmm, 50%, 50.5% because Adam's wiggling his fingers? Hmm, <laughs> interesting. All right, so not everyone. Now, if we had done that same trip and instead of taking the ship across Panama, but we took a van across Panama and rode along the frontage road next to the canal without getting out of the van, <laughs> would that have changed anything? I'd go from 55 to 95. So that would be 95 for you. So a vehicle with wheels carries touching more, the touching the ground, carries more weight than a ship touching the water that's touching the ground. In my case, I would have made sure I got out of the van. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you I had to pee. Yeah, they'd go <laughs> somewhere, buy something in a store, Do just to count it. We didn't have that Do option. They have <laughs> yeah, not that I know of. You brought a bag of Wendy's in the van and stop and eat it in the middle. And so, the reason I'm asking all these questions is because ultimately it's arbitrary. We get to decide if we've been to a place or not. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, that when I went to Antarctica... I went to real Antarctica. This was a very expensive trip, and I went and I, you know, we we worked very hard to get <laughs> off the ship, get into a zodiac, and then bump up against the shore, and we got out and walked around in the deep snow. So, I've been to Antarctica, right? Well, it turns out if you look at a map, you will see that the North Pole often is just water. There's nothing up there but water because there's no land up there, right? But the Antarctic on the map is all white. Well, that's not fair. Because if you take all the ice away from Antarctica, what you end up with is a bunch of islands. And the island I was on, the peninsula, is not attached to the land where the South Pole is. So did I go to Antarctica or did I just go to an island that goes into Antarctica? Again, it's arbitrary. And so I think we all get to decide for ourselves whether we've been to a place or not. But there are some limits, right? Nobody would say that they have been to Russia if they fly over St. Petersburg, <laughs> I'm guessing, right? Yeah. I mean, you can if you want. It's just <laughs> kind of weird. Because if you died in the airplane over St. Petersburg, <laughs> actually, if you fell out of the airplane over St. Petersburg, you would die in St. Petersburg, right? But if you die in the airplane... You're not getting off until they land. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point. So if we had died on the ship in Panama Canal, we'd still be on the ship. I don't know. What would the certificate of death say? Is it like Disneyland, that if you die there, they haul your body off before they declare you dead? <laughs> well, the ship has a morgue, so they're probably not going to do that. More than likely, they're going to list you as died at sea. Yeah, but maybe. I don't know. Actually, I have no idea how that it's works. I mean, the only thing about... 
dead people in Disneyland. I know is that a lot of people spread ashes in the uh, yeah, in the, in the haunted mansions <laughs> full of dead people. Yeah, if you visit the haunted mansion in any of the Disney parks, there really are dead people in there. <laughs> they try to sweep them up, but it's kind of hard. So it's interesting that the mode of transport seems to have some impact about whether you visited a place or not. Adi changes his criteria if he's in a van. If you walked across, then definitely that's hundred percent. So the closer you are to the ground seems to be the thing, right? <laughs> Walking, you're on the ground. Van, you're a couple feet above the ground. Boat, well, you're kind of next to it. Airplane, way off. Hot air balloon. Unicycle. You wind Unicycle up on the ground. ground. Is it the number of wheels? Yeah. What about bicycle? Uh, I think bicycle is extra points, probably. <laughs> well, no, that's if a serious question. Though. Manual labor in the pro if you're doing the labor of the locomotion, I feel like that would add almost something. If you could ride all the way across Panama on a bicycle, would that be the same as driving in a car, or be the same as walking? Probably the same as walking. But I, th I think the more interesting question is if you had an ultralight airplane powered by cycle. Okay, yeah, like the Gossamer Albatross. And you touch down for a drink, but you never even get out of the airplane. Mm -hmm. And you take off, and that is your transit through Panama. But then, then you're in the airplane thing, right? You're in the airplane, but you did touch the ground, and you were going through the process. I think you're a lot more involved in Panama you in had that ultralight than you are in a... You had to interact. Yeah. Yes, that's the key. Well, in, a, in an ultralight, you, yeah, you got some more, well, "Quote unquote interaction with the country than you would have in like a seven three seven flying miles high." Hmm. When I was a kid, my parents were sitting right over there. Um, <laughs> took me to Europe, nineteen seventy nine. Something like that. Was Peru. 78 was Peru, 79. So we went to Europe and uh, we went to Switzerland and France and Germany and the Netherlands and eventually the UK by accident, um, which is, you know, it's really interesting to accidentally find yourself in the UK. <laughs> but we also drove through Belgium. But I don't think we got out of the car. In Luxembourg. Do we drive through Luxembourg? Yeah. So have we been there? <laughs> <laughs> Can I butt in for my Yeah, you may. Go ahead. Just get a talk, love. If you're going to count a place as having visited it, you must interact with the people that live there. To me, you Good must point. embrace the culture, and then I can say it. Do you see the basic problem that so that will visit Antarctica? Exactly. I shook the hands of a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking international law and doing so. <laughs> it was Burgess Meredith. <laughs> so, and that is really interesting because this has come up recently. Um, the definition of the Caribbean apparently is controversial, and I did not realize this. So uh, I have a daily newsletter on these trips, and in the daily newsletter I mentioned that we didn't enter the Caribbean until sometime around when we got to Cozumel, Mexico, because everything north of there is the Gulf of Mexico, which is a separate body of water. However, that's my geographic definition. I didn't realize that people had a social definition of the Caribbean. And I had just never considered this. So what is the, have you been to the Caribbean? Well, if you've been to Nassau, I would say no, you haven't. Uh, if you've been to Florida, no, that's not, it's not in the Caribbean. Um, Bermuda, right out. Bermuda is in the North Atlantic, it's not even close. But I have pe had people argue that no, all those places are the Caribbean. 
And uh, so it's interesting how arbitrary this stuff is. Or it, maybe it isn't even arbitrary, it's just a matter of context. So for a lot of people, visiting a place is visiting the people. For me, it's visiting the place. The people are just in the way. <laughs> Which we've had problems for. I would make that true introvert out. perspective. <laughs> well, and that's why I wanted to go to Antarctica. Because I wanted to go to a place without people. And the problem was that when you go to Antarctica, you can never be alone. You have to take people with you. You, you are required to be with people. Whereas if I go to Death Valley, I can be alone as I want. And this is particularly interesting for van life folks, because a lot of van life folks are trying to do that same thing. They're trying to control their own destiny as much as possible. They're trying to get away from society's influence. And they can go to Death Valley and do this, but if they go to Antarctica, they can't. They're forced into society. I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting. So, I will now turn this into something a lot more generic. I would like to know the most interesting and most, uh, not uninteresting, but the place you would rather not ever go back to. And we can just go around. I'll start with Matt because I've started with the other two. So what's your most interesting place? You are now on the spot. It's hard go. to choose from. It's really hard to choose mm -hmm. from in terms of most interesting. Uh, I liked visiting Russia. I don't want to go back there right now, but it's not going to make my least list. Okay. Um, there's a number of things I've seen. There's a number of things I still want to see and things I need to see again. I'd like to see more of the Hermitage. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of places that I'd like to see without people in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Just as a side note, folks, we this group or many of this group went to the Hermitage uh, several years ago, and we were rushed through one of the world's largest museums in about 20 minutes with 10,000 of our closest <laughs> friends. If you were not above five foot six, you literally saw nothing but armpits and elbows. Uh, so just be warned, if you're going to go visit the Hermitage, it's kind of rough. Yeah, a lot of people have similar experiences with the Louvre, from what I've understood. The Louvre, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Mona Lisa. In terms of places I don't want to go back to, it's India. And that was mostly Ooh. because it was so difficult dealing with the place outside of the hotel. Where'd you go in India? Uh, Jaipur. I was there for five weeks working. Oh, wow. And there was a terrorist attack when I was there that didn't help my attitude at all. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a rough country to deal with. You can stay in a certain amount of opulence and splendor in the hotels, but then sooner or later you have to be on the street and deal with the reality of the country. And there's a lot there that's not fun to experience. Ha! Five weeks, too. So five weeks. That's a place you have definitely visited. Yes. There's no question. <laughs> but again, my hotel was a palace. Literally, it was a palace. But wow. it's just not fun to work there. Were there Indian people staying at the hotel? Yes. From Rich other... Ones. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. It's I mostly mean, tourists. It's a big country. Mario. Most interesting place. That would be Gabon in West Africa. Oh. I went there for work. Um, what's interesting... Well, it's... First of all, it's the first time I actually saw jungle. It's African like jungle. a wall of green. I did not expect that. <laughs> um... And I ended up uh, having dinner in a house where we just randomly ended up, and it was like 90% of the government was sitting there. Uh, <laughs> like their UN ambassador uh, gave me my, uh, poured my wine, and the other guys gave me more African food. That was very interesting. Wow. Place I would not want to go back to is Egypt. Oh, interesting. Uh, we were there on a cruise, uh, seen the pyramids and some tombs. Uh, that was uh, certainly worth it, but the 
attitude towards tourists, particularly the street vendors. If you think they're pushy, where we were in Egypt, well, they'll, they'll just grab you and like after half an hour, I just wanted to punch people. It was that really was also bad. part of my experience with India too. Highly yeah. aggressive touts. Yeah, and not fun. It was just too too annoying. We're gonna let the ice go by. Oh, sure, now you're quiet. So, for context, we were just in Cartagena, and there were a lot of street vendors there. And I didn't find them overly aggressive. They would general, generally stop bothering you if you said no gracias or something like that. And they certainly are much worse in places like Jamaica or apparently Egypt. Yeah, just no thank you would not help in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen videos, um, and I know people in the group want to go to Egypt, and there are river cruises to go to Egypt, but uh, you have to be prepared for people to physically touch you and demand that you buy something from them. Yeah. And that's not quite how it was in Cartagena. Adi, favorite place? So I found some of the, some of the same with Egypt, where it was the, the tremendously aggressive street vendors and the sense of entitlement that you had to buy something. Hmm. Uh, at the same time, it was made up for by a guy getting frustrated with trying to buy Imodium and getting gringo prices for it. Ah. Um, just he wasn't willing to pay that price for me. Hmm. Um, so that, that was redeeming. Uh, <laughs> I think my least favorite, starting with that, okay. was probably... Newburn, North Carolina. Oh, that came uh, up earlier. That's funny. Which just really not a winner of a place in my personal experience. I'm sure that for others it has a lot of virtues. Feel uh, free to go into depth there if you wish. Yeah. You don't have to well, be. Uh, so I was there with a, a group that I had done uh, a lot of work with and volunteering with. Team Rubicon. We've mentioned them before. Um, and I think it had just suffered a, a pretty devastating hurricane. Um, the hurricane had been a while before I actually arrived, so I was in kind of the tail end of a lot of the work there. And in that period, the kind of work I was doing, which is mostly tree work, had become right on the edge of landscaping. And a lot of the places where it was doing landscaping was for pretty darn affluent people in that area who, I mean, tree work can bankrupt people, but that's, that's mm -hmm. true even for those who are affluent. A lot of the work we were doing was uh, clearing a tree off of a garage, of the secondary garage where uh, the luxury vehicles were, and that was a little bit uh, more hinky. And then you infuse all of that uh, Carolina's racism and it and homophobia and the whole mix of it, and it was just kind of icky. Uh, if I was going for most interesting, I'd probably say Istanbul, oh, yeah. uh, which is a city I personally just really love. Um, I got into a really fascinating scam there that I made about $400 off of. You, wait uh, a minute, you, so you were doing the scam? No, no, I was the victim <laughs> of the scam. Oh, were you? I was came out ahead. <laughs> arguably better at it than they were. <laughs> Which was quite delightful. Um, and yeah, just really fantastic people and a little bit too dictator right now, but... Uh, yeah, that's happening really all enjoyable. over. <laughs> So that's interesting, and um, I feel like I should tell some stories from Newburn. I'm not sure it's entirely appropriate, but, um, well, there's a whole lot to say about disaster response and its pitfalls and the politics involved in it, and there are some people that won't let other people help them. And um, let's just leave it there, but we've had a number of times where we've had to pack things up because they didn't like some members of our team, 
And uh, I'm sorry, if you want help, you're going to accept all the team. Going back to your, your first question about have you been to a place, uh, I think until this summer, Canada was bad for me. Uh, mm. In that there was a period where my mother at the time was uh, married to someone on a student visa, and he had left the country and entered on the wrong visa. Mm. And to make up for that, they had to go up to Canada, re-enter on the right visa, and come back. Mm -hmm. uh, somehow in this process, which was after 9-11, it was when they cared about border security, uh, my mother took my passport. And to, for those who don't know, my mother is a rather large white woman. Uh, and I am somewhere on the cafe au lait complexion. <laughs> uh, she took my passport, handed it to the uh, Canadian visa officer, who stamped it and gave it back to her without a second look. Yeah. Uh, so I had the passport stamp, uh, and they, they took it in lieu of her passport. It wasn't in addition to. Wow. No consideration. Uh, then uh, in 2020, or uh, early 2021, I went up to Buffalo for a uh, a vaccination site I was going to be working at and I figured I, I got redirected while I was in the air so I was supposed to head down to Rochester and I figured I've got a rental car you know I might as well check it out see see if I can see anything and I've been curious about what the process to volunteer in Canada was then or what the border crossing was for medical workers and I hadn't been able to find the answers to that and so I figured I'm at the border I might as well ask um, I got as far as the Canadian side where I got the most interesting good cop, bad cop, which the Canadians put on, which was not what I was expecting. <laughs> Were uh, they wearing the red coats and the hat? Because that would have made it, all the it difference. Was, it wasn't the full outfit. Oh, I, was, um, I was devastated darn. about that. Um, <laughs> they were weirdly angry at the idea of volunteering. They, it was a very much a you're taking our jobs kind of thing. Ah, um, run into that too. But also did not want to answer the question. So technically I stepped foot there, and I had separately had the passport stamp. And I'd interacted with mm -hmm. them, but does one count the custom center on the bridge? That's, yeah, that was a the, tough call. It's, Canada's the only country I've ever been turned back from. Yeah. I've gone in some places that should be difficult. Their immigration can be a real pain in the rear. It, I, it's true. I had that with Ireland, and it wasn't turned back, but the probably the second hardest time next to Russia that I've had with customs was with Irish customs who were angry with my not having a good enough plan for the trip. Uh, they really wanted me to say I was about to kiss the Blarney Stone, and I was pretty sure I was going to drink some Guinness somewhere and figure it out later. <laughs> well, so this can turn into a place to visit segment. In the U.S., there is a place where you can visit Canada without any legal documentation whatsoever. Does anyone know where that is? Anyone in the audience here? Yes, sir. Uh, there's a park um, at the border, the, the western border. Oh, I don't know about this. Speak up and tell me what it is. Well, actually, maybe you can't right now because of COVID, but there was a, there's a park that's like on both sides of the border, mm -hmm. and you're allowed to, Canadian citizens are allowed to go to the other side. Allowed to, so you're allowed to visit the park, but you're not allowed to leave the park. Yeah, okay. Oh, I didn't even know about that. I'll have to look that up. Maybe it's not quite operating that way right now. Ah, well, okay. That, that would count. Isn't there also a library in New England that sits on both sides of the... That is correct. In Derby Line, nice name, Derby Line, Vermont, there's the Haskell Library, where the parking lot is in the U.S., but the books are in Canada. And you can actually park on the U.S. side and go check out the books, and you will be standing in Canada as you look at those books. But you will not legally be in Canada. So then you have to ask yourself the question, have you visited Canada? And you get to decide for yourself, because ultimately, 
this travel thing, this van life or big van like we're in right now, this 90,000 ton van that we're floating up the Pacific coast of Central America in, Panamax van. It's a Panamax van, yes. <laughs> you get to decide for yourself what your journey is going to be. So we're going to end it here. Thank you guys very much for putting up with my strange podcast for the last few weeks. Also, thank you very much to Big Rob for guest hosting for me last week. I really appreciate that. And uh, I owe him some favors that I will give him at some point once I figure out what they are. So, until next time. All right, wait. Who's got a good quote about travel that we can leave the podcast with? Wander often, wonder always. Wander often, wonder always. And the author of that is? Joanne. Is that your quote? That's my quote. All right, well, there you go. An official quote. All right, folks, thank you very much. And uh, I will see you down the road. Oh, we got applause. And thank you very much to Mario, Matt, and I keep saying your name wrong. How do you say your name? I usually say Addy. Addy. That's not very Massachusetts. And add. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. See you later. That was fun. Boop.